I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Pete, we're talking today about, I feel like I always say this, one of my most favorite topics, which we keep <laughs> How many favorite topics do you have? I, I think, I, I don't know, I'm like, they're all my favorites. Like, no, no <laughs> such thing as a favorite child. Uh, curiosity <laughs> we're talking about today, which we we talk about curiosity a lot. So we I feel like it, just, it needed its own episode, right? It needs its own episode. So thank you for bringing it to our attention. <laughs> Although I know, you're like the kid that cried wolf, like too many favorite things. I know. I know. It's just, yeah, I guess what's well, my, like you know, well, it's my, it's my geek flag. You know, it's just like, I gotta, I gotta let it fly. So <laughs> I do. So, uh, yeah. So today we're talking about curiosity, which, you know, is a, a part of mindfulness though, you know, <laughs> not owned by mindfulness. It's something that everybody always, you know, we, we, it's a common thing to talk about, like being curious and and why that's important and being open. But I think today it's going to be really essential that we define what curiosity is. And I want to talk about um, sort of the relationship between curiosity, openness, willingness, and acceptance, because I think those are, I always think of them as like uh, siblings, like on a, on a spectrum, um, because it's, it's something that we can learn to practice. It's a covert behavior. We talk about covert behaviors a lot on this podcast. Um, And I want people to know that it's something that, you know, you can actually become more skilled at with time. Yeah. I think it's, well, we've all heard it and we're going to frame it from a behavioral lens. (laughs) Of course. I mean, (laughs) sometimes I'm not that, I'm I'm not that curious. Really? I don't know. I mean, I would never say that. Really? No, you're super curious. Well, I, because sometimes I notice that I'm stuck in some of my ways or like I'm tired or burnt out in certain moments in my life. And so like, I'm just like, just get me to the end point. And, and I think mindfully, mm-hmm. I bring it back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't I, I'm starting with the negative. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, you're not. No, I think you're starting with the human part, right? Ooh, Which is, I'm human. Yeah, you're human. Hate, hate to break it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, what Pete's really highlighting is that sometimes it's difficult to practice curiosity because, yeah. you know, Pete was just saying, like, he gets stuck in his ways. Like, don't we all, right? We get stuck in, like, our narrow way of, of looking at things or doing uh, things a certain way, which, you know, we also say a million times on when East meets West, West is, a, is a part of our design, right? Yeah. Our brains are wired to think in, in black and white and more linearly. So curiosity can be really difficult. You know, maybe it would be helpful if we started with, um, you know, of course, I'm thinking of uh, evolutionary psychology as where my mind goes first and maybe explaining a little bit about like, why. I know. Well, <laughs> yep. <laughs> not not, not going to argue with you there. Um, but should I give a definition first? Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> a quick one. A <laughs> strong know. desire to know or learn something. I mean, this one's easy. That's easy. Right. Yeah. Well, and so we can think about from an evolutionary perspective why curiosity develops. So curiosity is one of these, like it's mm. both an emotion and a behavior, right? We can yes. feel curious. Well, say and, more about that. Cause I think that's going to be hard for people. Go ahead. Yeah. So Break that I mean, well, so curiosity is a feeling we all know, like to, you know, thank you, Pete, for saying that definition. We, we know what it's like to want to know more about yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and then there's a way to also practice being curious, like uh-huh. actually investigating. Mm-hmm. And so if we think from an evolutionary psychology perspective, right, like, you know, to animals that are lower on the food chain than us, like, you know, Pete, I'll ask you, why might curiosity develop as an emotion and a behavior in the greater animal kingdom? Why would that be important? I don't know. That sounds like a trick question to me. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. <laughs> I don't know. Imagine like, oh, I mean, oh, I'll, this is, I mean, I've read an adorable article today about uh, 
culture among animals. Like, uh, oh my God, social, of course you yes, love that. Yeah. Yes, it was in the New York Times today and it was talking about a chimpanzee who, I just, I die laughing imagining this, that she started like having some style. She took a blade of grass and would put it in her ear in a special <laughs> way. And then, <laughs> I know, I was like, I just, this is my, that's my spirit animal. Um, it is. And, and, and other than other chimpanzees in her um, in her social group started copying her. And, and even after she wow. passed away, it still exists. So anyway, yeah. there's a, <laughs> so it's a side note, but like there, there's definitely some curiosity or wanting to know or try things. Right. Well, is that also fitting in? Well, sure there it would be, but so like, that's like a, yeah. Like, yeah, it helps with social I connection. I love that story. Isn't that adorable? I just, I couldn't get enough. I was walking my dog <laughs> earlier, just laughing, thinking about it. I was like, that, that was like the coolest <laughs> chimp. I just love it. it um, so, but, so imagine though, like those chimps, I don't know, they're like out in the, um, in the forest and yeah. I don't know, maybe they like see a new fruit that they haven't seen before. Why would that, why would curiosity be? of importance. It might bring them some food that they didn't have in the past. Mm-hmm. That's right. They <laughs> might, they might go investigate what it they is. They might go investigate. Right? Yeah. They might go investigate. So yeah. that this is really foundational to exploration. Now I'm sure there are listeners that are hearing that and going like, well, that fruit might be poisonous, right? That's it's right. Like, well, my that's mom would, my mom would have said that. <laughs> I, I honestly think that everything that grows in a tree is poisonous. Thanks mom. <laughs> well, it's, well, there is the, you know, the trite saying curiosity killed the cat. And it's like, well, okay, she well, said that a lot too. I'm sure she did. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, curiosity doesn't guarantee just like what we always talk about, like that it's that we own the outcome. We yeah. don't know what it's going to be, but it also helps us to explore and try things that are yeah. new. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you have to do that. Be- well, and I think what, what, what I'm getting at evolutionarily is when you're in certain areas or regions that if, if you're only eating grass, for example, I, although I think about those horses sometimes, and I guess mm-hmm. it's because they eat hay and other food, mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of in, where I live and like, they're just out eating grass all day. And like, doesn't it end? Doesn't it stop? Like grass doesn't grow that fast. Right. Right. And so you're saying like, they have to go out and get curious like, about what else get, might be there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yep. where it's like, it's like survival. Yeah. It's survival. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. and it contributes to learning actually right to that point it's about survival it's like learning new new food to eat new social connections to be made right new places to live that if you if we didn't have curiosity it would um significantly impede our ability to to grow right to learn new things so with that baseline here pete i would ask you um how might this apply, apply to to our our modern human lives and, and, uh, and learning. What, what See do you, what, what we like and don't that? like, you know, curiosity helps. It, uh, one of the metaphors I like to use is like a buffet. So mm. you don't know what you're like and don't like mm-hmm. until you try. If you, if you fill up on what you know, you like, <laughs> right? then you're too full to try the other stuff that you're curious about or that you're not sure if you like. Right. Like if I only ever ate Domino's pizza when uh. I lived in New York, I would have <laughs> never learned that, you know, New York pizza is pretty darn delicious. Well, first of all, every <laughs> New Yorker just rolled their eyes and <laughs> referenced New York pizza with Domino's. You and I are the only I two that think that that's okay. Secondly, I think our listeners need to hear that I still have the gift card for my birthday <laughs> that Nikki got me, but I'm still trying to spend so that it's done. Uh, two Domino's. Two Domino's. Yes, that's right. I, yep. Mm-hmm, just to be clear. Yes. Uh, right. But yeah. if you only ate that all the time, you would get yeah tired. Yeah. And you want to see what else you like, because maybe you like it with, 
anchovies or with mm-hmm. olives or with peppers. So remaining curious allows you to also see what you like and don't like. And that kind of makes me think about values because you are literally just reading my mind. Go ahead. I, no, no. Go ahead, Dr. You Ruben. <laughs> Only to say, I was like, that was literally the, those were words were in my mind. So, so go ahead. Yes. Cause I don't know where I want to go unless I've actually tried to go in certain places. Like yes. I don't know if I like cold or warm water, mm-hmm. you know, or somewhere in the middle. I don't know if I like a certain area of a region of the country or mm-hmm. a certain food I need to explore. And that's mm-hmm. where curiosity comes in. Yeah. And this is, this is also a lovely segue to talk about curiosity's relationship with openness, willingness, and acceptance, Beautiful. right? That, um, which of course all roads lead to mindfulness, uh, part of a mindful practice as well, yeah. which is that, you know, in order to, to, to learn and to try things and, and, and move forward, um, in, including with our values and, and what we connect with, we have, yeah. we have to be willing to take a risk, right. And without judging it. And I think that is where people tend to get stuck because either they think like if, if you're judging something as good or bad, like it immediately shuts down your curiosity, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're saying, I already know the answer and this is the right way or the wrong way of doing something so that you're not going to try anything there. Um, and it's also going to uh, contribute to that false belief that you uh, own the outcome, that you That's know right. what's going to happen. We don't, we don't ever know what's on the other side of this moment. Why do we get less risky as we get older? Are you, are you becoming less risky as you're getting older? That, that's funny that you say that because I was actually just thinking I, when I think it's the opposite. I think it's the opposite for, for some you. People. Oh, for some people, maybe. <laughs> no, I think it depends. I think some people. Well, I I think some people get more um, entrenched in their rigid uh, approaches yeah. or beliefs with age. They just keep practicing things that don't work. And I think yeah. other people with experience and exposure to all different type, types of. Um, people and ways of doing things that they become more flexible and they become yeah. more curious to say like, you know what? I really, I really, I don't know everything. You know, it's like, I always right. tell, like, I'm always like tell people like, don't trust anybody that says they have the answers to everything. Cause you know, no one does. Right. I'll, my mom always said, don't trust anyone that says, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom is full of so many pearls of wisdom today. I love it. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh mom. Oh mom. Um, yeah. So, well, listen, well, so, what do you think that you're getting less, uh, like totally, I, totally. Time? It, really? Yeah. Well, except it's not when I, I got defensive when you said rigid, cause I don't feel like it's a, <laughs> it's a rigid less uh-huh. risk taking. I just feel like it's like, um, I don't, like an aversion to fear and an aversion to risk and aversion to adrenaline almost. Well, well, isn't, isn't that the definition of doing things in a linear way though? Right. I, it's like, I, it's I a control, know. it's a control oriented strategy, right? It's like the opposite of being curious. It's like, I, and I'm not, I'm saying that without judgment. I'm like, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. do that. Right. It's that, you well, know, but like, I'll be like, I'll, I'll curiously look it through the garden. I'll curiously try fruits on the tree in my garden. Uh, well, you, well, so what you're saying is I'll practice curiosity when it feels comfortable. That's right. Yes. That's, that's better. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. 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 Well, well, because I, I, well, and maybe hold on, go yeah. break that down more. Cause I, we start off by saying it's a, both a feeling and a behavior. I think the listeners have a sense of the behavior. Or maybe they have a sense of the feeling because the behavior would be, cause, cause like we, it, if what, what Pete's saying is that there are some certain things that, that make him feel uncomfortable. Right. right. And so you're like, I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to practice curiosity in those moments. That's right. Because it's like saying, this is where the sibling of curiosity comes in willingness. You're mm-hmm. saying, I'm not willing to feel anxious and try this, this curious behavior at the same time. 
you know? And so yeah. this, is, this is actually related to our motivation um, versus willingness uh, episode um, where we, where we talk about willfulness versus willingness, where we can both, you know, you can feel willful, which is like, I don't want to do something and yeah. practice the behavior of willingness of, and openness and curiosity. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like it's hard, it's actually, it's hard to practice curiosity. It takes effort. I yeah. mean, think about but, like being curious about somebody who disagrees with you. Yeah, well, and that's a good strategy. It's an effective strategy. So in, yeah. in episode five, when we talked about willingness and motivation, mm-hmm. it, we looked at like the motivation. And so my motivation of talking to someone who doesn't agree with me might be that I want to get a job promotion or, mm-hmm. you know, get along with my in-laws that I don't really like, you know, because mm-hmm. those are strategies that would help me relate and connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right. And the value, the value there is driving it differently. So I think that's ultimately what we're going to ask people to look at for the behavior is what's driving their curiosity. Yeah. The value. Say, well, I would say it's more like the, va- it's more the value because I think, yeah, yeah. cause, cause I think it's more that the behavior when you, instead of expecting yourself to feel curious first and then practice, which could certainly happen. Oh, a lot of times what we have to do is practice the behavior of curiosity oh, yeah, to help like open us up. Yeah. Right. Because that, that, yeah. that, that that's what I think about when I'm, when I'm meditating actually. Yeah. Right. Cause like in mindfulness, you know, mindfulness is the practice of paying attention to and experiencing the moment as it is. So yeah. it's like when I'm, so I'm practicing just doing that. I mindfully come back to observing what's happening, but I might not feel open when I sit down. Right. Like I might right. be like, Oh, like I got, Got stuff to do or like of I'm course. tired or whatever right I mean oh. does that does that resonate with you uh, yeah and that's <laughs> important for people to know it's not like every time I meditate I'm like this is the best thing ever I mean there are times when I can't wait to meditate and I want to and I just don't want to mm-hmm. get up and there yeah. are times where I'm like counting the clock or waiting for the bell to ring uh, so should I segue into like some of the Zen Buddhist yeah I, I would love to hear that yes I'm not uh, I'm not 100% sure because we come back to the translation again but I sure. think the way that I would try and uh, integrate this would be around concentration because mm-hmm. I think with, with cl- and clarity. So oftentimes there's been some like writings within the Buddhist literature that look at that sitting or, or meditation creates this like uh, relationship between concentration, clarity, and equanimity. Mm. So we've used all those words mm-hmm. here yep. previously. And so with this right content or, or by developing this like, greater concentration, I typically get more clarity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? And that would, and that's what the silence sitting does. And it, and it helps to create this potentially curiosity, right? Insert what we're yes, exactly. We're <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also equanimity, because that's ultimately what Zen is about, right? Where it's about untangling what we've learned so that we can create this like homeostatic equanimity state. Mm-hmm. And I think through curiosity, you're able to figure that out. So if, if and, and what I was, what came to mind is we were talking about this risk as I so vulnerably shared my, yes, <laughs> my decline Yes, <laughs> uh, is that, you know, that's, that's equanimity. Mm-hmm. I've had moments in my life that were really risk-taking. You know, like, Do you define equanimity for people? Because I bet there's some people that maybe haven't heard that word or are not exactly sure what it means. So think of a scale at, what are these scales called, Nikki? Like a balance. Like, a balance. <laughs> balance. Is that what <laughs> I think it's called, it's called right? a balance, yeah. So think of a balance. Uh, and equanimity is when both levels are at the same place. So if I put, you know, an apple on one, I need to put an apple on the other to mm-hmm. have that balance. You mm-hmm. know, But if I put like a 20 pound weight in an apple on the other, there's going to mm-hmm. be like real imbalance there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do in equanimity, which I, I, I believe occurs through meditation is 
create a, a stillness of that balance. And that's what equanimity is within mm-hmm. the Buddhist teaching. Mm-hmm. How'd you like that metaphor? I, I, I loved it. That was beautiful. And what came to my mind as I was, uh, as you were talking was, okay, so the, I think another way curiosity is related to that is that if, if we're looking for things to always feel good, yeah. you're out of balance, mm-hmm. right? There's, you're not opening up the space that Pete and I always talk about for, you know, pain and discomfort is an inevitable part of, of being alive, right? right. Whatever living being you are on this planet. Life is suffering. Life is suffering. And so if, if you're saying, nope, it's gotta be this way, it's gotta feel good. It has to go the way that I want it to. um, It's out of balance and curiosity helps us open up our eyes and our, and you know, our mind's eye too, right. Our experiential uh, uh, part of ourselves to uh, let all of that in, which from what Pete, you're saying, tell me if I'm hearing this right. That's what brings that's what brings balance. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. right. And 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 so being able to see these things again, all linked to clarity too. Because you know, I think we're so loud mm. as a species. Oh, the loudest. Yeah. Well, we've got the well because our minds are so our minds are so loud. They're so chattery. It's like it's the it's the downside of language, right? Like it's just our minds don't shut up, frankly. No, and they shouldn't. I mean, you know, there's this should statement there as if they're meant to yeah, shut totally. up. No, totally. No, that's exactly right. That that's what they're just doing what <laughs> they're just doing what evolution selected for them to do. That's right. Um, and they're help that's helpful in some ways and and not in others. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I think another important piece here um, when it comes to curiosity and if we can, you know, kind of link back to some Western science here is Mm -hmm. this uh, concept of like being a scientist actually. So one thing I often tell patients is, you know, I'll say like practice, of course I'll weave in, weave in Eastern stuff too. It's like, I'll say when, when practicing mindfulness and meditating, I'm like, it's like being a scientist with yourself. Like you're gathering data about how your brain works, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you tend to get distracted by sounds? Do you feel uncomfortable when you're meditating? It's just information, right? And when you're curious, you can take in that data and then decide what you want to do with that. And I, and I say to people, that's how, that's how scientists run, run experiments, right? They don't go in saying, this is how it's going to turn out. Or they don't go in saying, what if this bad thing happens? Or what if the science, yeah. what if the experiment doesn't work? Or what if it's the greatest experiment ever? They go, you know what? We're going to gather the facts mm-hmm. and then we're using curiosity we're, and openness. And yep. then we're going to formulate a hypothesis and then we're going to try something. And yeah. so, you know, curiosity affords us the opportunity to, um, be clear about uh, what our hypotheses are and then, and try something different. And so anyway, I think that's just another um, important piece to this. Is that, I mean, is that something yeah. you talk about with patients too? Uh, yeah. All, I mean, I love, we love data. I mean, so it's love it's, data, love it's it. all yeah. data gathering and, and we can't make decisions without data. I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess that's the social scientist in us is that I can't just walk into a forest. I need to know where I'm going. Yes, and that's that's a lovely place to end, right? We can't just walk into a forest. You have to. <laughs> you need to know where you're going. You need to have your your compass out in the direction about where you might want to go, and then begin to explore. So, listeners, uh, I hope uh, I hope from from this episode you will uh, consider areas where you are practicing curiosity, where you can perhaps cultivate some more curiosity, and then be open to seeing with the, seeing whatever data comes, and and go from there. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of 
Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.